Well, markets have been treading water all week waiting for the non-farm payrolls data and tonight's the night, so we can expect some direction to come out of it with interest not only in the numbers employed but also, given all the inflation concerns, the amount that they're getting paid. Plus, words from the Governor of the Central Bank in England, oil on the rise ahead of an OPEC Plus supply decision and a swag of data from Australia yesterday. It's looking pretty good largely. It's Friday, the 2nd of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the Dow is up 0.4% this morning. The S&P 500 up half a percent. The Nasdaq looking pretty flat, up a little bit, but uh, a big rise in the FTSE 100, up 1.25%. Uh, the Eurostoxx 50 up 0.4%. No real movement in bonds this morning. The US dollar up again, less than 0.2%. But since the 1st of June, it's uh, up over 3% on the DXY index. The Aussie has taken another hit this morning, down almost half a percent, down to 70, uh, below 74.5 US cents. The pound is down more than half percent but not so the euro it's down a little but less than the increase in the u.s dollar and again the u.s dollar up 0.4 percent against the uh, japanese yen and oil up this morning 1.2 percent for brent uh two percent for wti both have wound back a little over the last hour gavin friend is senior market strategist at nab in london so uh, gavin uh, aside from oil everything seems pretty flat today isn't it it's, it's uh what, really what we've been hearing all week because nobody seemingly wants to take a position on anything ahead of payrolls in the united states tonight yeah, good morning, Phil. I think that's right. I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, stocks, uh, the exception, I guess, again, in the US, pushing higher, uh, led by the S&P value stocks, outperforming growth stocks, the NASDAQ lagging. But to your point, if you look at bond yields, really nothing going on there. 147, uh, the US 10 years, two years at 25, 0.25 to 0.26, nothing moving in the, uh, the long end for 30 years either. Break even's pretty steady. Um, and um, I think we have also had quite a lot of economic news and data out over the last 24 hours. You know, lots for markets to sort of chew over. Nothing, you know, some of it's been stronger, some of it's been weaker. Nothing decisive. And I think, you know, to your point, markets want to get uh, perhaps potentially some sort of directional mm. uh, lead um, from, from, from non-farm payrolls. Whether we get it or not, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But numbers generally, I mean, it seems like we are missing expectations quite a bit. I mean, sometimes not a great deal. So the ISM manufacturing uh, for, for June in the United States uh, uh, overnight was down a little. But, you know, it's still pretty good at 60.6. But if you look around the world, for example, we know there's a slowdown happening in China. The, the growth is slowing. So the Caging PMI for manufacturing uh, was 51.3 versus 51.9 expected. In Japan, the Tankan Large Manufacturing Index, uh, that was 14 versus 16 for Q2. So we're seeing this a little bit, aren't we, that numbers are just off what the expectation was, as though things are going to, you know, th- things are going forwards, but they're going forwards a little bit slower than expected. And I'm wondering whether that's what's happening with oil. Because oil's up today, and you'd be thinking, well, that wouldn't happen if OPEC were going to ease off on their supply constraints. So maybe there's an expectation because things are taking a bit longer. Maybe that's going to take a bit longer as well. Yeah, I mean, just coming back to the um, the, the, the PMIs, these were the due, the full-out June numbers. Uh, you're right. I mean, in Australia, the UK, the US side, the Chinese numbers, they're all strong still, but they're just fading a little bit from the uh, the flash numbers or from last month's. Actually, it was it was Europe, that uh, the, the pan-European number, that was a little bit better. Uh, it was the exception to the rule. We also had in Europe a further fall in the unemployment rate to 7.9% now. So that's versus uh, a pre-pandemic low of 7.1%. So there's good progress being made there. 
Um, and yet markets seem to be rewarding the US. You know, there's this there's this kind of, you know, um, wave of uncertainty spreading across the world because of the Delta virus, particularly across Asia, particularly across across, um, you know, Australia and New Zealand for obvious reasons. Um, in Europe, there's concern there that it will damage, you know, what remains of the summer holiday season, despite the fact that there are large numbers of unvaccinated people in parts of North America, not all North America, but parts. And there are concerns there by the World Health Organization and by the CDC. The market seems to re- be rewarding, you know, the U.S. stock market as if it is, you know, the, the, the one that's leading the way, that the U.S. economy is leading us out of this. I'm not sure that's that's clear yet. Um, we did get, to your point, a decent drop in the weekly jobless claims numbers. Remember, last week was a little bit disappointing, about 400,000. This week it was down to 364. Um, but, but continuing claims, which is you know, those people continuing to uh, receive uh, some sort of benefit, that, um, moved that, that moved up a little bit. We don't quite yet know whether what's going on there, whether it's anything to do with some of those states that have basically stopped the unemployment, uh, the generous $300 a week. We don't know whether those people went out and got another job or, or what they did. Um, you know, uh, we also don't know. There's, there's some interesting studies being done overlaying um, uh, that with the states that have low vaccination penetration. So there's lots of stuff, lots of questions to be going on there. To the um, to the ISM numbers in the US, they, you know, 60.6, it's a strong number, but it's big, peaked uh, three months ago, back in March, at 64 and change. Um, it, it actually, I think I think my takeaway from or our takeaway from from that, those numbers is that we started to see signs um, in things like supplier deliveries and back orders coming off the boil. You know, these 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 numbers have been very elevated because of the su- supply disruptions. And that's perhaps suggesting, as we have seen from um, the German PMI numbers, the EFO survey uh, last week, and even in his testimony last week, Jay Powell from the Fed uh, talked about some signs and nascent signs that things might be looking like they're peaking a little bit there. That wasn't backed up by the prices paid index, which was at the highest level for a few decades. Um, but you do wonder if actually the supply tensions are just starting to break a little bit. And, and, you know, we might think that, you know, we need more of that. We need to see that go further forward. How long can these prices stay up? So I think that was a positive takeaway. Mm. So the ISM manufacturing employment index fell below 50, though. So, I mean, there's so for every good. So the, like the weekly jobless claims, I mean, obviously they're more of an historic one than the the, the, the jobless claims, which are for, just for last week. But every <laughs> everything pointing in one direction, you can point to another bit of data saying, oh, I know this one's going the other way. Well, exactly to my point that it's, uh, you know, some of it's not, some of it's good, some of it's not. I mean, that employment measure, 49.9, it's only, it's right on the cusp of expansion. Yeah. But we know why, don't we? It's not It's not for want of trying. Employers are trying to imp- uh, hire staff. If you looked at the sentence that the ISM uh, put about the employment in their, in their report today, they found that um, there were employers are noting significant difficulties in attracting and retaining labour. Um, yeah. There's problems with absenteeism, short-term shutdowns due to part shortages and difficulties filling open positions. And, and it's going to take time. I mean, that's obviously crimping the level of output. But, but the, the, the answer to this 
his time. Yeah, well, I was reading in uh, Forbes today, the Pulse of the American Worker survey. I don't know how big the sample was, but it said a quarter of workers uh, plan to look for a new job once the pandemic is over. Half of their, those were saying that they're looking for better compensation and better benefits. So I think this whole thing, this uh, pandemic, has given people a, a chance to sit back and uh, just take stock of where they are. Uh, so look, let's see what the non-farm payrolls brings tonight. I mean, that that fact that uh, wages, there's a concern about them going up. It's going to be just as much uh, focus, isn't there, on the average hourly earnings as there is on the, the number employed tonight? Yeah, that's right. So the consensus for the uh, for the jobs created is um, seven hundred and sixteen thousand from five five nine last month. You know we've got a, 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 a you know a good array of forecasts uh, within that to over over a million jobs. I mean people are fingers crossed that we're going to start you know to get better numbers here. It's interesting that Fed speakers. D- d- Two or three Fed speakers have been talking about the numbers probably won't improve until August, September. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they know anything. Um, I think I think they're just thinking about, you know, that's the time where some of the uh, the benefits end and maybe that's the whole curve might come down a little bit. The dollar seemingly, I guess, would come a little bit lower. If we get a decent number, you know, the market's going to, you know, project that forward but we will need to see that repeated um, and that's the uncertainty you know we need to see as, as, as jay powell said a few months ago a string of decent numbers it was three months ago when we got a million jobs and he said well we need to see that repeated for a number of months we still haven't we still haven't got to that to your point about wages i mean i think yeah, of course people will look at that because of the pressures we've got but there is so much churn going on here and there's so much you know, um, as as the, uh, the lower paid workers come back into come back into the uh, the jobs market, all else equal, that ought to bring average earnings average earnings across the board lower. Um, we we know that though we know that employers are having to pay up, you know, to get to get people to work into these lower paid jobs, which is a good thing. Um, will it be sticky? Will it will it stay for a long period of time? I mean, that's the question, you know, for the Fed. So I don't think we would, um, you know, take, you know, uh, too much notice of this until until and if we see it, uh, you know, sticking for a number of months. All right, very quickly, uh, let's look at Australia because uh, Scott Morrison is released from quarantine today after his uh, UK trip. So uh, we've had a few numbers over uh, the last 24 hours. So the trade numbers, the... Uh, AI groups, manufacturing index, uh, dwelling numbers, job vacancies as well. So, uh, what's your take on all of that? Yeah, I mean, pretty good actually. The uh, job vacancies grew another twenty three percent in the three months to to May, so they're up nearly sixty percent uh, above pre pandemic levels. Uh, there were three hundred sixty two thousand vacancies recorded, and something like nearly twenty five percent of businesses reporting at least one vacancy. So, there's there's jobs to be had there. Um, consistent with the strength that we saw in the May employment numbers. Of course, you know, that's before we had the recent lockdowns. We need to see where that goes. But um, there's a a strong labour market. We know that. The trade surplus increased one and a half billion Aussie to almost 10 billion. Um, You know, that's a strong number. Exports were up 6% really by it was the sort of export values of iron ore that drove that. Imports were up 3%. And then we had Dwelling prices, they rose nearly 2% on the month in June to be up 13.5% on the year. You know, broad-based gains through the capitals around Australia, um, other than a slowing in uh, in Perth, where there was just a a 0.2% monthly gain. 
Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's looking good. And of course, you know, all of this is, is key information for, for the RBA when it meets next week. Yeah. And uh, talking about central banks, Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England, uh, he gave his uh, big speech at Mansion House in London uh, this morning or yesterday morning, their time. Uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much saying, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to inflation, don't panic. In other words, don't listen to Andy Haldane. He's gone. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, we shouldn't be too surprised. Um, really, um, Andrew Bailey was just echoing what the MPC said in large part at, the, at their, at their uh, rate meeting last week. Um, that, that is that uh, inflation is likely to rise further this year, but then it will prove, it should prove temporary. He actually kind of dug in a little bit saying that, you know, this is just, this is not um, a, a, a vain hope. It's actually well-founded. Um, and so he's trying to really, you know, drive that message home. Um, and as remembered that they said last week, they're not going to tighten preemptively. They're going to stick to their mandate and they're, they're going to try and look through this uh, high bout of uh, bad prices. That said, to your point, right at the start of this podcast, um, you know, Sterling's weak yeah. on the day on that. So, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. You know. Go by quite a by quite a degree. Well, look, uh, it should be a busier week next week. First of all, whatever direction we, we take from the non-farm payrolls, everyone's been waiting for it long enough. They've got to take a position after they, they get the news, surely. But it's also busier. We've got the RBA, we've got the FOMC minutes, we've got the Chinese infl- inflation numbers, we've got the zoo survey in uh, Europe and the UK. Uh, so less hanging around waiting, although we're going to have to wait till Tuesday because Monday is a public holiday. It's an Independence Day holiday in the United States, of course. But uh, it should be a bit more interesting next week. Let's hope so anyway. Good to talk, Gavin. See you, see you soon. Thanks. Thank Harder to make money isn't it when things aren't moving uh, that's it for this week I'm Phil Dobby for NAB back again we're back America's on holiday we're still here we're back on Monday morning I'll see you then